generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited. And of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. I call it housework. Because it's light work. I'm with those shapes, filling the base to my feet hurt. I call it housework. Because it's light work. But I'm with those shade if I don't get paid for this housework. I call it housework. I'ma throw shapes, filling the base to my feet hurt. I'ma throw shapes. I'ma throw shapes. What you what you gonna do? I call it housework. Welcome back to another episode of the Keep the Change podcast. We've got Mikey in the studio and he reckons it is light work, easy work, a little bit of housework to get a mortgage (laughs) to be able to buy the house that you want. So I thought I might sit across from him and ask, how does someone like me get a mortgage? The exact process. Mm. I want to know step by step what it is that Mikey does with his clients not so much about the lunches he goes to with Westpac and ANZ and gives them wristies after work so that he gets the preferential deals. I don't need to know that shit, man. I just need to know, can I buy this house? Can you sort it for me? And what do I need to give you and do for you for you to be able to sort me out? Yeah. So from the so, start, mate, what happens is I see, I start thinking about buying a property, right? Because I'm, I'm going through Trade Me on a Friday night. I'm sick of where I'm living. I'm sick of renting. And I'm thinking, you know what? I might buy a house. And because I'm a little bit uh, well-connected, I think instead of going to that open home to look at that, I might ring Mikey first. Mm. But I'd imagine a lot of people go to the open home first or start looking for houses and then they ring you. Which way does it normally go? In an ideal scenario, I'd like you to ring me first, but most of the time you ring me after. Yeah, I'm like, yo, I actually put a bid in. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we definitely don't recommend that. We recommend doing the financial advice part first making sure you understand exactly what you can borrow and what it will cost you, and then going on to buy your house. <laughs> gotcha. Um, you can get into all sorts of trouble if you go and make offers on stuff without the right advice, and if you, especially if you make it unconditional and then you don't get the approval. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's your deposit gone. So, so I'm smarter than that. So I ring you up Friday 8 p.m. because I'm like, Mikey, I'm pretty sure he works 24-7. He'll take my call. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. So we'll have a chat. I'll probably do what... From, from what I call on my side, a bit of pre-qualification. I'll be like, okay, cool, Luke. Do you, are you doing this with your partner? Yep, cool. All right, you both earn 100K, so we've got a 200K combined income. I'll be taking notes down in the background that you don't know about. Um, I'll be asking you about <clears throat> what your Kiwi savers are, what deposit you want to put down, working out. I'm not even telling you anything at this point. I'm just grabbing some quick information. Um, no real light, small chit-chat like I'm problem-solving here. 
quick stuff. And then by the time I finished filling out my notes, I've got a kind of a fair idea what you can borrow. Mm. So you're a 200k earner. You've got a 200k deposit with KiwiSaver and stuff. Um, you've got that's twenty percent of a million bucks. So I know off the top of my head that you can borrow eight hundred grand, probably a bit more than that. I'll be asking a few little things like, "Oh, kids on the way," little things like that. Yeah, basically just enough to be like, for me, okay, yeah, this is very close for you to be able to do this. Let's book a meeting. Gotcha. So you so want to pre-qualified make, me? Yeah, I've pre-qualified yeah. you, and I've thought, yeah. What if I said, sorry, if I said, yeah, I'm probably going to buy this $5 million home, eh? And you're like, do you just say you're an idiot? Or what happens? Nah. You probably wouldn't say those words. No, no, no. Like, cool with what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've got this Bitcoin trade coming up, eh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what the pre-qualifying is all about, is yeah. figuring out like which way I, like, okay, you're a normal person with a good job and good income and or whatever it is. Yeah, let's have the meeting because it's a stock standard mortgage approval that we need for you and we just need to make sure we structure it to suit your life if it's something weirder like oh i've got you know a 50 grand debt that i haven't paid and i missed three payments on last year but i've recovered them and all that kind of stuff then i have to be like okay this meeting's going to take a different angle you're certainly not putting an offer on the house tonight is this in the pre-qualification course still like this? Is the yeah, I'll, first pull, I'll, pull, I'll pull out a little bits and pieces to find yeah. out about a little bit of financial history. Because I've said to you, oh, mate, I've actually, like, I don't know if you need to know, but I've got a buy now, pay later balance of five grand that I'm only, like, just chipping away at a yeah. gym visa. So, like, I because I've got experience, I know what I can leave out for now in this quick phone call and what I, like, I don't care about afterpays on the first phone call. But if I find out that you've missed three payments on your car loan at the end of last year, that's quite important. Mm. And I highly recommend you don't go to the, make that offer on the house tomorrow. Got um, we've got some shit to sort out and go through and some detail that's going to take a bit longer than a normal loan application. I see. So you'll find it then time for me to talk with you in more detail. If you call me up and you've got a 200 grand income, a 200 grand deposit and you want to borrow 800 grand, I'll be like, go make the offer with a meeting tonight. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and you jump on Zoom or catch up yeah. with them, whatever, yeah. phone call. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, you know, like the pre-qualification call is really important for me and my business. Um, mm. Now, I need more detail than this, obviously. So we have <clears throat> an electronic fact find is what it's called. And it's basically just your financial profile. So we put your contact details. I'll ask for your details. You and joint applicant partner. I'll put them into my system and boof, it comes into your email. And it's just a piece of software that comes up and it's like, what company do you work out? How long have you worked there? What is your income? You know, like basic, basic stuff. How much is in your KiwiSaver? You can sit on the couch and do it in like 15, 20 minutes. As it's doing it, it's saved and I can see it. So I'm getting the back end of it and getting a very accurate picture of it and working on it behind the scenes. Um, there's some compliance stuff around, like that's really boring, I don't want to talk about it, but basically you get sent out a disclosure, how much we make based on which bank we send it to and all of the privacy details and everything. That actually comes at the start. Like I said, mate, I don't want to know about the, yeah, no, the no, under no. the table deals. No one wants to know about that shit, so <laughs> that's the, the compliance part of it. Um, but yeah, and then <clears throat> once I've got all of that information, that's enough for us to sit down in detail and go right through the financial advice part. So then me and you are sitting here at this desk and I'm like, right, let's go through a few things. I'll make sure that, you know, you put $250 a month down for food. Like I'm at $250 a week. I know something's out there. So I'm like, how do you spend $250 a week on food? Like, can we pull up your bank statements? Oh yeah, cool. Now nah, you're actually spending 
a lot more than that, four times that. So let's just rebalance your expenses here. Mm. All of these little things. Um, and we actually give people what their expenses are in the in the application and sometimes it's surprising to people. <laughs> yeah, sometimes so, most of the time. I'd yeah, imagine. yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, if something's not working and your expenses are too high, then it's like, right, guys, you are spending too much on this. Um, like... It's all good having Uber Eats, but five nights, it's it's $60 every time you order it. You know, food could be 25 Yeah. Or we can sit down and be like, this afterpay is getting rinsed. What are you what are you buying with it? Or, you know, mm. what is that? Oh, well, look, you know, just some new shoes, eh? reason I'm asking is because this is how the banks treat it. So the average over the last three months, they're going to put in your expenses column. So this is going to lower the amount you can borrow. So if you want to... If the, if this reduces to seven fifty, did you want to borrow that eight hundred thousand? Because if you do, if we close down these afterpays, we can achieve that. Yeah, stuff like that. Really basic financial advice. It's almost common sense. So am I closing down my buy now pay later straight away, like then and there? Like I would try to pay it, it off. Yeah. Yep. And but doesn't that decrease my deposit that I have for my house? Mm-hmm. So we just got to balance all that, right? Gotcha. So if you've got five thousand dollars worth of afterpay limit or balance to pay off, and we're Dropping that down to a 195k deposit, all of a sudden your 20% is of a lower value. Gotcha. So we have to balance those things out. Yeah. You know, so <clears throat> sometimes, as bad as this sounds, we get people, if people have like a lower amount of a student loan, like it's five or seven grand or something, sometimes we'll get them to pay that off, even though they're interest free, because it gives them a 12% pay rise and lets them borrow the amount they want to buy the home. Yeah. So when that comes down to financial advice, you have to tell them, like, you're paying off a 0% interest-free loan here to take out a 6.5% interest loan over here mm. that will be 30 years. You, like, there's opportunity cost there for you, so you've got to look at it and decide if it's a thing. But if you want this borrowing amount, I will just take the note that you advise me to say yes, and that's it. Yeah, gotcha. So we put all that stuff into the back end of the loan application. Um at the end of the day, we'll take all of that information, then we'll send you a quick list of the documents we need. Bank statements, KiwiSaver balances, if it's if KiwiSaver's involved, pay slips. Do you, do you need, like, can you get proof of my KiwiSaver balance or do I have to give it to you? We have to get a withdrawal approval letter. So you need to contact your KiwiSaver provider and say, yo, I'm pulling out my KiwiSaver, go buy a box of sticks. Yeah, that's send exactly me, what I'm doing. Send me the exact amount that I'm allowed to pull out and they'll send you a letter saying, you have 30 grand in your Kiwi Saver. You're allowed to take out 29 because the thousand stays in. Then you send me that letter from the provider. We send that to the bank, and the bank knows that it's eligible for withdrawal. So everything's about evidence for a bank. So we mm. need income evidence, pay slips, bank statements to back it up so they see the net pay going in. Kiwi Saver balances has to be the letter deposit because it's evidence of the deposit being able to be used. So it's the withdrawal approval from the provider saying, yep, you can take it out. Home start grants, if that's applicable, you have to get the approval for that. It's not like, I am eligible. It's like, no, bring us the letter. We have to go and apply for that. Get the eligibility letter, say that from Kiangora saying that you're allowed to take it, uh, be given the 10 grand. IDs, <coughs> I have to cite them and cite you for AML purposes. I have to be like, yes, this is a person that looks like their ID. Uh, their signature is the same as what they signed on our declaration, giving us authority to work with you, work with the bank on your behalf. Um, and then it's just about checking statements, making sure there's no uh, TAB oh, transactions. What do you mean? <laughs> Me. <laughs> and lotto and yeah. things like this, gambling. So 
we just go through those things, just cross-check it with, with, with what the client has disclosed What to if us. I just say, oh, mate, you know, that was just, um, well, I had a stag do with the, with the fellas, you know, and, yeah, I did draw a couple of grand out at Sky City there, but, you know, some of the boys paid me back in cash, so but, yeah, we is, did rinse it on roulette. Yeah, this is probably the biggest difference, I would say, with, like, maybe going direct to banks or good brokers and bad brokers is our ability to to get that stuff through. Because if I can... A really important part of a loan application, which no one knows about, is called a diary note. So the loan application has all what you earn and you know your deposit and what house you want to buy and everything. But down the bottom, is a it's a paragraph or two that we give to the bank, and it's a summary of the loan application. But more importantly, the person's character, the client's character, and then anything that I've found out talking to you or looking through your bank statements, like the stag do. Yeah, that's where you bring that to the bank's attention. So you front foot it. And we will say, look, there's $5,000 withdrawn at bloody Sky City. The MGM Grand yeah. in Las Vegas while oh, the guy shit, was on a man. stag do. That sounds like a story I know <laughs> that's coming up. Yeah. And they'll, well, they'll see that gambling red flag bang. And I have to be able to be like, look, he's not normally a gambler or whatever the situation is. I've had a chat to him about this. It was a stag do. They flew to Vegas. It's a one-off. It's not an ongoing expense. Um blah 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 and and basically you just have to paint that picture for bit for the bank so they know they can trust the character of the client they're taking on to pay back the loan that you're taking out tell the story yeah it's just about telling the story correctly and not making it too long but making it detailed enough and believable enough mm. um and then it's also for the bank it's a little bit of responsibility on me like i can't go and lie to the bank in this part because if the client does continue to gamble in Las Vegas and spend $5,000 a month. Yeah. I told them that that wasn't happening. So, like, we take a bit of responsibility there as mortgage brokers as well by by putting that stuff in there. So it's, we've got to be a little bit, you know, sensible about how we treat that stuff too. And then that comes back to the financial advice part. Like, if I do think it's happening again, let's have the chat. Yeah. You know, like, this isn't good for your future. <laughs> isn't it? No. Oh, sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> no, you need to be paying your home loan off. Yeah, gotcha. So anyway, that's all done. Diary note's done. Documents are collected, send it off to the bank. Bank will send us back a mortgage approval saying congratulations. Here's the amount that you are allowed to borrow. Allowed to borrow. So at this stage, just back it up, mate. Can Have I put an offer in on a place? I've told some real estate in there, jumped up fucking Beamer that, you know, I probably want to buy this. <laughs> yeah. 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 So if you've put in a million dollar offer and you've got your 200K deposit, I'm only going to go and ask the bank for 800. I'm not going to go and ask for a maximum amount. Yeah. I'm only going to go and ask for what's required. So I haven't, have, I, have I signed the sale and purchase agreement at this stage? You have, yeah, but okay. you signed it. Subject to finance. Subject to finance, Oh, yeah, geez, it's key. all coming back to me. If so you came to me unconditionally, I'd be like, I'm going to try and help you, but I'm not promising anything because you fucked up the guarantee side of this deal, not me. Shouldn't the lawyer give them better advice at that stage? Some people do it without doing a lawyer. Oh, God, yeah, I see. Actually, a lot of the time now, a real estate agent won't accept it without the lawyer's details, but some people put their lawyer's details on the sale and purchase agreement and don't notify the lawyer that they're doing it. Great, a bit lawyers. Very rare well. occasions, to yeah. be to be honest. So okay, so most can I just good. confirm? So have I probably told my lawyer at this stage? Like I've probably had a discussion with my lawyer that I'm going to try and do this. Yeah, as you would well. have engaged the lawyer saying they're going to make a place, make an offer on a place, um, and the lawyer will say, "Great, send us a sale and purchase agreement. If it's unconditional, we need to see it in advance because yeah. we just want to make sure. If it's otherwise, put." You know, solicitors clause, due diligence, finance. We'll check over it, make sure that everything's up to scratch when you do it. In, and do I, I have to go to the lawyer because A, they're going to give me advice around whether like I've got the right terms and stuff in this contract and even yeah, what this contract means. They're going to check everything. They're like yeah. 50 pages and they've, yeah. 
you know, the lawyer's going to check the title, you know, the, the if there's any... Like who who actually owns that property? Yeah, yeah. What the and, boundary and is? Yeah, exactly. Anything that basically anything you want to ask about too. Like if you if you walk around a place and you're like, oh, that's a really big deck and it looks like it's reasonably new and the house is from 1980. Wonder if it's got compliance? Yeah, lawyer. And they'll know because the council will have a record of that. Yep, they'll have yeah. a they'll have what's called a limb report, so they can ask for that stuff. Can I ask my lawyer? Hey, do you reckon I could um, bowl this and build four units on it? Because I'm going to be a developer one day. Nah, that's another business. I don't deal with them, mate. Oh, okay. So yeah. Yeah. you need to have experience in that field. But would lawyers give that advice? Probably not. Okay. You probably need, I don't even know who you need for that. I just yeah. have to, I hate property development. <laughs> <laughs> just stay away. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, where were we? We're okay, up so to then the banks made an offer. See, the congratulations. You can. Here's your approval. Yeah. So now, then. you've made your offer. We've still got a finance clause in place. The bank has to know that they're okay with putting a mortgage against this house you've made an offer on. So even if you've got a mortgage approval, it doesn't mean you can go and buy a house. Oh. It means that they they said you can have 800 but in the fine print, it will say you must send us all the details of the property to make sure we accept it as security for the loan. Got you. Because you might have something that doesn't have a code of compliance on the deck and it's a big job because there's a retaining wall underneath or something like that. And the bank will be like, we're not putting a mortgage against that. It's not complied. It won't get insured. Mm. So you have to go and get, take the sale and purchase agreement. We send it off to the bank. Within 24 hours or same day, the bank comes back to us and goes, yeah, nah, that's cool. Good to go. Go make your offer. Or, or you, go go unconditional. Do you ever get many that kicked back saying, sorry, we can't, we won't lend this one? Because yep. it's right on the beachfront and there's actually a tsunami about to hit next week and we've tried to get insurance before on it or something? Nah, we, oh. we don't have any, any climate change issues like that yet. Uh, they still lend on that stuff, but um, it's more around just what humans have fucked up. You know, someone's decided to remove this wall so they make an open plan kitchen and living area, but it's a main beam in a house. Great, cheers. So they just like <laughs> took it out and then it gets you know, looked at and put into the sale and purchase agreement because they did it 10 years ago, but they never got the council to come in and comply. Mm. And that's a problem because then the bank goes, we want an insurance policy on this property with everything disclosed and no exclusions. So if the insurance company aren't going to insure it properly, because if that house falls down and it was because of a non-complied beam that was removed, the insurance aren't going to pay out. So then how does the bank get repaid? Because they're the biggest owner of this property, not you. They own, 80, they own 80% of it. Nah, I <laughs> yeah. own my home. So that's that's a thing, and that happens. We've seen that happen. We I see it happen all the time. Um, and What do you see happen all the time? Not getting approval or people doing dumb shit to their houses. People doing dumb shit to their houses that doesn't fit the rules or they haven't, they haven't gone and got the compliance to make sure that it will be able to be insured for the next person that buys it got you a lot of the insurance companies don't even know this stuff has happened because people just do it yeah cover it up in jib paint it and it's good to go oh mate I was watching the Mitre 10 bloody videos on YouTube eh, and I thought I might just knock that wall out (laughs) build a deck yeah so yeah getting the security signed off by the bank's important having full cover insurance with no exclusions is important having a house that's complied very important Um, if you can tick all of those things off I can basically, like, we hold your hand through all of this and give you the exact rundown. I've done it so many times, I know it like the back of my hand. How fast does this process happen, roughly? 
Oh, from st- from the start, from the first meeting, making the offer to going unconditional, we can do it probably in like four or five days. Oh, wow, yeah, because at the same time, mate, I've got bloody um, Bailey from Bailey's is on the blower every, <laughs> on the daily. Bailey from Bailey's on the daily being like, hey, yeah. mate, you know, you, you're any close with that offer, Because honestly, like, there's a bloke down the road, eh, and he looks like he, he could be about to go unconditional on a day. And it's yeah. nothing to do with my commission or anything. And like, I've got to pay for my fucking <laughs> Beamer, my Beamer finance. But, you know, like, you, yeah. You, is from from like first phone call through meeting to mortgage approval is probably like four or five days maximum. We've been doing it in 24 hours recently because the banks are a bit quiet. <laughs> so <laughs> we've been getting approvals very quick. Um, and then in terms of if if these things show up with no compliance, different kettle of fish. Yeah, We've got one at the moment that is exactly that issue and... You know, they're asking to push settlement back because they went unconditional with a beam that had been removed and now the bank won't look at it. So they're pushing settlement back to try and get a, a CCC before the settlement date so the bank will take it as security and yeah, completely different process. But stock standard, quick as. Like the, the whole idea I, I built what I built is behind doing it as fast as possible so you don't feel anything. Nice. Yep. Um, it's going to make a really bad joke there, but I probably should <laughs> So just get me. I'll just go back to the start. So I'm, I'm on trade me. I'm pretty fired up about this property. This box of sticks looks amazing to me, and I think I might put an offer in that. And so I, I go and do that, but I say like it's conditional to finance. I've notified my lawyer, or mm. or engaged. Yep. And then I'm calling you, yep. or maybe doing this at the same sort of time. Yeah, same. Calling time, Mikey. Yep. Mikey's like, okay, right. I need all of this information from you, and plus verification that you are who you are, all this sort of stuff. So yep. I'm going through my tick, 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 tick. I'm doing that. Mikey does his things with the bank, and then Mikey comes back to me and he says, "Congratulations, you've got approval." But that doesn't mean you can buy the property. It basically, mm. means that you can get this finance based on all the information you've given us. And so then we go back to the lawyer. No, we oh. just take the sale and purchase agreement for the property that you want to say to the bank, sign oh, this I off see. please. Yeah, and then the bank that, say yes, That can yes, come at sweet. the same time as the approval. We do, Sometimes we do that in advance. Got you. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that's that's all part of that. And then it's like... You call the real estate agent after that? Or what? Like, what do I do? So yeah, we've given you approval. We've told you that the bank's happy with the property. It's like, whoa, yeah, we can, we can sign this off and go unconditional mm. or make an unconditional offer. And that is calling the real estate agent. They're going to try and bump you up on the price and, you know, whatever, negotiating with them and making sure you get this across the line. You might have already agreed on the offer and now it's just about going unconditional. Then you're required to pay the deposit. Oh, true. I've got to pay some money. I forgot about this bit. Yeah. Yeah. So most of the time it's 10% of whatever. So it's a million dollars. You've got a hundred grand due on the day that you go unconditional. There's a little bit of uh, discretion there. It can be up to like, 48 hours is sort of the most that's allowed before they start getting edgy about it. Shout out to all our listeners that aren't in Auckland that don't have to have a hundred grand for a deposit because <laughs> their properties aren't a million dollars. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so, so you pay your deposit. So you pay your deposit. And, and is that can I use my KiwiSaver for that deposit? You can, but this is like back in the start when I'm talking through this. If this is something that needs to happen, I'll pick up on it and be like, "You need to tell your lawyer now." Because Kiwi Saver can be ten to fifteen days, so this is another part that can play. Ooh, you might even you might even have to say to the real estate agent, agent "Hey, I, we're ready. To, we're going unconditional on Friday next week, but our Kiwi Saver might not be out in time. Is it okay if we pay five percent of the deposit and then the other five percent when Kiwi Saver is withdrawn?" And they will 
if if that's okay, they'll talk to the vendor and then they will draw up a, what's called a variation and that will have that information on there saying, yes, the vendor's agreed to, you, to allow you to do this. A variation of the sale and purchase agreement. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. So yep. that will happen. Run you through all that when you if that becomes a, a thing. Um, but then you've gone unconditional, you've paid the 10%, your KiwiSaver's been sucked out. Now you're literally waiting for settlement, which is generally four to six weeks away after this time. And it's time for us to have our next meeting, which is the loan structure meeting. So I'm going to start negotiating interest rates and things with the bank. I can't negotiate interest rates earlier because the bank has no property to put a mortgage against. Mm. Everyone's like, can you lock in my rates on the approval? Nah, because there's no guarantee that you're going to take out the mortgage. So they're not going to give you, give you rates because rates can move. Gotcha. So this period, this is when we have a loan structure meeting. I start negotiating. I get you the best fucking rates on the market. Giant cashback, and then we yes. jump into our meeting and we talk about. I bring up the things you know. You said, "Oh, you wanted to have a kid in two years, so should we should we keep that in mind when we're talking about loan structure? Are you going to want to sell your house in three or four years? Like all of these little things." Can um, I use the cashback to go to Vegas for another stag do? Technically, you can. Yeah, you can. Do use we talk the about that at the meeting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I don't know. That's where my my mind went to. Yeah, yeah. You can. You can. Um, Use the cash back for whatever you like. Um, you can pay off your loan too. Oh, that'd be smart. Yeah, yeah. I reckon that'd, that'd be, be quite smart. Wise. Yeah, and your lawyer's bills and things that have, oh, you've got true. coming up. Yeah. So basically, we talk about that. We choose what day you want the repayments, what cycle, excuse me, weekly, fortnightly, monthly. Um, I get all of that information. I send it off to the bank with a few final documents, and then they write or fill out the loan documents and they send them to your lawyer for signing. Now, at this time, the loan documents, uh, the lawyers receive the loan documents and they will contact you. I normally say the loan documents are at your lawyers and you have to go and do the ID and everything with them as well, sign off the loan documents. Um, you will also have to provide that insurance certificate saying that it's got full insurance at this time and that goes back to the bank via the lawyer with the loan documents and then it's settlement day. Nice. I and think we done. missed a step. This just made me realise, do I have to organise the insurance as well or do you do it? Like yeah, so we'll, we'll give you recommend, we'll give you right. recommendations, but it's it's you. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you can you can choose to use the ones that we offer you, or you can use your own. But you've got to have insurance in place before you take true ownership of this property, probably in order to be able to get the mortgage. Yeah, because it's becoming more of a thing. We used to, I guess, the industry used to worry about it before settlement. Now I'm sort of encouraging people to do it a bit earlier and make sure because it is becoming a bit of a thing. Yeah. Um. So I'm talking to people about it up front. Even okay. in the first meeting sometimes, like if you're going to look at something, you want to make sure it's insurable. Sweet. So, yeah. And you'll have a what they call a certificate of currency, which is basically your insurance certificate saying that, yep, it's got a policy against it, no exclusions, the amount it's insured for. Starts from settlement date, which is the 20th of March, and that's your move-in day. The other thing I warn people about is settlement day is a weird day. Um, technically, the vendor, which is the person selling the property, is not legally required to give you the keys until the money's in their bank account. Uh. So that's all fine because you'll be like, well, I've paid my 10%. My other 10% is going to transact and I'll send it to the lawyer and the lawyer will send it across. But banks on settlement days have hundreds of transactions to go through. Mm. And you don't know if it's going to go through at 6 a.m. in the morning or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So I always tell people if it's like a Friday, please don't book a moving truck for 9 a.m. 
Yeah. Because you might be sitting in the in the vendor, the person selling it, it's the house, it's still their house until 2pm when the money comes through, and your moving truck will just sit in their driveway because you're not actually allowed in. Wow. Yeah, it's a bit of a funny one. So yeah. you've got to be aware of that. But I normally tell people that I'm going to leave you alone on settlement day. I'll call you afterwards. Yep. So later on that week, I'll call you and check on your, make sure your banking app is calibrated, the repayments are right, the dates are right, the interest rates are correct, like we discussed, the cashback's been paid, and then give me a lovely five-star review on Google. Nice. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Buddy, hell, this is a process. Usually this would take 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit, it's gone quite long, eh? You, I saw on your socials recently, a bank said to you, thank you for the effort you put in, this is a exceptional application mm. is mm. that part of that is that that diary note piece is that what's helping yep. you get these applications through in 24 hours when other yeah. people are taking longer yeah like everything I look at on both sides for the client for helping bank. them understand the bank um, anyone I'm dealing with I always think of like if there's a problem we have to have a solution I'm just constantly trying to improve it so like I just notice patterns like the bank might be coming back to me on one thing consistently Mm. And I'm just like, cool, let's change that. And and now, after a few years, it's got to the point where like, most of the most of the time, banks really like my loan applications. Yeah, because I know where they're sending them. I know how they like to read them. You know, I've got a sense for it. Yeah. So the the team know. Um, they've got like templates, man. Like it's very easy to come and work for me because you've got like a template next to your screen. It's just like do it like this. So if you need a mortgage or if you need a job. <laughs> Get in yeah. touch with no, no jobs. Yeah, no jobs. No jobs. Okay. Um, but yeah, you know, and, and it's nice to hear that because I put a lot of effort into making sure the applications are presented how I think they want them. Mm. And then when the bank goes, mate, this is a really nice application. Thanks for presenting it so well and giving us all of the information up front. I'm like, boom, nailed it. Yeah, nice. So, and it takes a bit of time to get used to that because when you start, you don't know. No. Um, but over time, you sort of, as Experience. long as you're aware and alert and notice what's going on you'll pick it up yeah i like it mate that has been very very insightful and i'm sure would help a lot of people lastly if people aren't there yet Mm. can they like if they know you know what i probably need to tidy up by buy now pay later i probably need to get off the punt i probably need to stop getting so many facials uh whatever it is that you know you're spending a lot on or so much uber eats this last few months what's the go do they still yeah for the basics like that stuff um, it, you just need to be mint for three months. Because okay. I'm, I'm going to ask you, oh, most of the time I'm going to ask you for like three or four months worth of every account card transaction that you make. I'm having all of it and I have to sort of do my own assessment on it. What about if I've got a business? Are you going to need to see what's happening in there as well? Yep. Every, even those transactions? Yep. Jeez. Yep. But business is quite a lot different, right? Yeah, yeah, for Like sure. at the end of the day, the bank's going to look at it and they're going to be like, you know, there's a giant net profit or whatever. Like, yeah, we don't yeah. really care if there's Auckland car parts and there for entertainment and shit. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Uber Eats, so, of course. Yeah, man, yeah. You know? So, yeah, no, nah, that doesn't really matter. That's a different, that's that's a, a completely sort of separate contained item that they look at. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, pretty much everything, assets, liabilities. If there's other things like bad debts that or defaults on small loans or anything like that that you have, the best thing you can do, even if it's been uh, like discharged or whatever, they're like, you know, telecom's not coming after me anymore, they threw it away. Try and find out through the credit agency or whatever who you can pay it off now. Like if you can remove it, do everything you can to do it because gotcha. it will otherwise it will be a red flag and cause you issues for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. You say that you see often people that have got a lot of 
unsecured debt. So it's buy now, pay later plus you know visas or just whatever, right? Like they've got, and then they've got consolidation and stuff. Loans, yeah, yeah, personal loans. And are those people? What advice are you giving them? Like, are they able to still get a mortgage, or do they have to? Are you wow. like, sorry, you know, this is going to impact it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Like, um, a lot of the time, it can. If it does, it all comes down to like how much at the end of the month you've got left over. If we put a mortgage payment in there as well. Gotcha. So, you know, if the if there's a personal loan in there and it's sucking two grand a month in repayments, that's a big difference. Like, that's an extra expense that. If you don't have that loan there, that's two thousand that can go towards a mortgage repayment, which might be, you know, three hundred thousand dollars worth of lending. Mm. So that's how big a difference it can make. Um, and yeah, we'll have those conversations with people. If you don't have twenty percent deposits and you're trying to do uh, what we call high LVR lending, then the banks, even if you can prove that you can service the debt, the banks will be like, if you've got too much of this, we're just not touching it. Yeah. So okay. it's best to try and minimise it. Cars are a lot more acceptable than any other versions of that type of stuff because you need to get to work. Yep. So if you're borrowing money to, to buy a car so you can get to work and get paid, much more acceptable than like 25G personal loan. Mm. Can't uh, tell you what I used it for. Yeah, yeah. Vegas. Yeah, Vegas. <laughs> what, if, um, what if I don't have a 20% deposit? Are there still solutions? Yeah. Tens, fives? Yeah, fives, fives are more difficult. Um, you can do things called first home loans. If you've got 5% deposits, there's a very strict set of rules that you have to follow. Sit down with you an hour and explain those. We won't do it on here. 10%, you're, you're far more restricted in what you can buy in the current environment. You can mainly only buy new builds. Or if you want to buy an existing home, you just have to meet a stricter set of requirements and basically have higher income to expense ratio. Um, and then 20% deposit, your world's your oyster. It's just about making sure you can service the debt. Yeah and yeah, and what about uh, I'm I'm thinking I'm buying a three bedroom because everyone told me always buy a three bedroom in New Zealand, mm. and I'm going to get a boarder or a tenant or a flatmate in that in that third room. Do I disclose that to you? Does that yep. help my application? It can do. Yeah, like if you're going to do that, um, you you sign a thing with the bank, either saying that you are definitely going to do it, or you already have the flatmate that you is joining you confirmed and you sign a thing so you're basically providing a, a legal document to the bank saying you're going to do it so you can't okay. lie about it yeah but you know like two hundred dollars a week for renting out the room is 10 grand ten thousand yeah, yeah 400 a year yeah. so and that's effectively a net number two not a pre-tax number like pre-tax it'd be like a 15 grand pay rise or something yeah um so yeah that helps you borrow more if that's what, you're what actually you need to do. get over the line yeah and to use my KiwiSaver, I've got to live in my home. Eh? I can't just like send my mail mail there or have my mum live in there. Or <laughs> nah, you got to like, live there. I think yeah, shit. Yeah. I think it's six months minimum. Yeah, I'm pretty sure um, from when I remember back yeah. in the day looking at it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And although I know people that not not my clients because we're all very obedient, but I know people that have like change of plans. I've got a job overseas. I'm three months in, and they've rented out their house. After using the KiwiSaver and they haven't got in trouble for it. Okay. Yeah. Um, change of circumstance. But I think technically the rules are that KiwiSaver, if they find that out, Kianga Aura, if they find that out, they can make you repay your KiwiSaver. Ooh. Yeah. There's a high chance you won't have any cash to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the rule around it. So yeah. okay. get legal advice. <laughs> get some advice. Yeah. Thank you, mate. That has been outstanding. As we said at the start, a bit of housework, a bit of light work. I now know the exact process to get a mortgage. And I'll probably jump on guardiansmith.co.nz. Yeah, man. 
That's it. Well, uh, there's a team of brokers there now, so I probably won't. Well, you probably won't talk to me directly, but I'll I'll put you in the right direction. That makes me a little bit sad, actually. Yeah. yeah. If you're a keep the changer, I'll do it for you. Hey, we got him. <laughs>